Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God responds when we, as His people, give. And perhaps more importantly, why? I want to talk about the why God is so pleased by those who give. The first one is in verse 17, and it's that givers are rewarded. Certainly this is not why we give. We don't give to get, but in God's economy, that's how it works. And that's what Paul is talking about here. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will explain that you have a heavenly account. Sometimes God blesses you here on earth for your giving, and sometimes your blessings are stored in your heavenly account. Pastor J.D. will encourage you to willingly give because you want to, not because of the blessings that will come. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, Philippians chapter 4. Two verses today, verses 17 and 18. I think you'll see why here shortly. You can follow along with me as I read. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing to this church in Philippi and very candidly, talking to them about the topic of giving. And he says to them, verse 17, Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received, verse 18, full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus, the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. I want to preface today's teaching, which is going to be part two of a series we began last week titled, Why Givers Are So Blessed, by just telling you that the only time when we teach through the Word and study the Word expositionally, book by book and chapter by chapter and verse by verse, the only time we talk about money is when there's a place in God's Word where we're at, that God's Word talks about money. And i got to tell you, that takes the pressure off of me, uh, so that when you come to this church, uh, or perhaps even visit the, I'll never forget, many years ago, we had just started the church, and I was teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. And we got to that place where Jesus starts talking about money. And sure enough, here walks in a guy that I had invited to the church, and he comes on the day that I'm talking about money. I'm like, Lord, are you kidding me? What is up with that? Because that was a thing for him. So I invited him and I said, hey, why don't you come? We just started the church. Love to have you. He's going, man, church is all they do. And all you pastors do is talk about money. 
I'm convinced that God has a sense of humor. I just look at myself in the mirror and I'm reminded of that every day. But God, even in that, I know ministered to him in that particular teaching that day. And maybe that's what God's going to do today for us. I've titled this teaching, Why Givers Are So Blessed, because what Paul is talking about here is that the giver, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And here Paul has been on the receiving end of their generous giving and blessing him when he was in this prison there in Rome. As I was seeking the Lord this last week, I sensed that we were only to take just these two verses here because they are so packed full of powerful truth as it relates to our giving, and namely two truths that we're going to look at today. And they speak to how it is that God responds when we, as His people, give. And perhaps more importantly, why? I want to talk about the why God is so pleased by those who give. The first one is in verse 17, and it's that givers are rewarded. Certainly this is not why we give. We don't give to get, but in God's economy, that's how it works. And that's what Paul is talking about here. I believe that this is perhaps one of the most important, if not the most important reasons that God blesses those who give. God rewards those who give. What Paul is saying here is that when we give, we're actually making a deposit of sorts into our heavenly accounts. Did you know that you have an account in heaven? Some of you are thinking to yourself, I do. Oh no, (laughs) it's probably overdrawn. (laughs) I have overdrafts. Well, that might be the case, whether you realize it or not. We all have heavenly accounts. We all have heavenly treasures. And so too do we all have earthly rewards proportionately. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6. Verse 38, he says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I think of what the Apostle Paul wrote about those who so sparingly they also reap sparingly. Those who sow generously, they also reap generously. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. You want to know why? Well, I'm glad you asked, because verse 10 answers the question. So your barns 
will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You know what the implication of this is if you flip it around to the other side? If you honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase, your barns are going to be full with plenty. Conversely, if you don't, then maybe that could explain why your barns, as it were, are empty. We're actually going to talk more about that here in a moment. Proverbs 11, verse 24. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Matthew chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. This is interesting because Jesus is teaching this sermon, and now he's going to draw their attention to this matter of giving. And he says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. They want people to see how much they give. Oh, look at them. Wow. By the way, I should probably parenthetically say, I thought about this last week, you know, how often it is when you think of something you wish you would have said but didn't, wish you could go back. Well, that happens to me every Sunday, I'll have you know, in every sermon, by the way. But I forgot to mention, I thank you, Lord, for reminding me. I want you to know that I do not know how much you give. Oh my goodness, you should have seen the sigh of relief on the faces of some. Maybe for not the reasons I would imagine. Uh, I give to this church. I kind of like this church in particular, but I tithe. I give to this church. And I know many of you give as well. But I do not see how much you give to this church. And here's why. Hang in there with me, okay? Um, I don't want to see you differently. This has more to do with me and my flesh, because as Paul writes, I know that in me, in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. Oh my goodness. I, I, I know what I'm capable of, right? So if I knew that you gave a lot of money, and I see you walk up to the front door at church one Sunday morning. Hey, brother, come on in. Hey, can I get you anything? Cup of coffee? Where would you like to sit? I'm just being honest with you. Maybe it's, I'm being too honest. But that goes both ways too, right? What if I knew they, how do I say this without, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be pastoral here. Um, what if you're, um, I want to use the word cheap, but I'll, I'll, I'll sanctify, I'm sorry. Okay, frugal. Okay, tight. Then you walk up to the church, and I know, Oh my goodness. (laughs) 
Again, I'm just being honest with you. That's why I don't want to know. But see, this is what was happening in the synagogues. And this is what Jesus is referring to. They liked how people treated them. And they liked it that people treated them differently, better, because they made a big show about how much they gave. And it should be no surprise that Jesus says, Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Enjoy it. When someone boasts about, Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this large amount of money. Look at me. Let's take the photo op pictures of the big check. Me, the giver. Well, enjoy it, because that's the only reward you're going to get. He goes on to say, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. This is an idiom. So that your giving may be in secret, then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. I want that reward. That's an eternal reward. That's a laying up for myself treasures in heaven, And if I can say it this way, and you'll forgive me for saying it this way, but when it comes to treasures in heaven, well, I'm just a little bit greedy in a sanctified way. Because I cannot take anything with me. I want to send it ahead. Not only does it credit my account in heaven, that account that awaits me, by the way, when I send it on ahead, uh, no moth is going to eat it. No rust is going to destroy it, and certainly no thief is going to break in and steal it. It's safe there, not here, because it's vulnerable to all of those things here on earth. Sometimes I think as Christians, and I speak of myself, my own proclivity to this, But I think innate within our sin nature is this desire to dig our roots down too deep in the soil of this earth and lay up for ourselves treasures here on earth instead of treasures in heaven. Oh, the reward that we miss. Oh, the treasures that could have awaited us had we but given to the Lord. Here's the second one. It's in verse 18. And this is a huge one, and it's what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about today. Givers are pleasing to God. You ever thought of it that way? That when we give, God is pleased. Again, we can flip it around to the other side. That also means that when we don't give, God is displeased. You know, throughout the Gospels, there are several instances where we are told that Jesus takes note, where Jesus is pleased and, dare I even say, impressed and blessed. And those instances include things like when someone has faith, when someone gives, And when someone prays, and these are the things that Jesus in particular 
takes notice of. I think of that widow we talked about last week in the temple. And here's all of these religious leaders, these hypocrites, these Pharisees that are giving and making a big show of it. Really impressive. And then here walks up this poor widow, and all she has is two mites, some believe worth less than one penny by today's standards. And she puts it in the offering, and Jesus takes notice of it, and so much so, he calls the disciples over and says, this is a teachable moment. Did you just see what she did? God takes notice. God is very pleased when we give. Now, what Paul says here is really interesting, and for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that he describes our gifts as fragrant, as acceptable, and as pleasing. In other words, when we give, it's a sweet-smelling fragrance before God, and it's an acceptable, key word, sacrifice, that's pleasing to God. Now here's the question. Why is our giving so pleasing to God? Answer, in a word, sacrifice. There's an interesting account in First Chronicles chapter 21. David has just sinned greatly against God by numbering the people, and God basically gives him three options as the consequences of what, of what he had done. And David chooses, in order to stop the plague that had come upon the people because of his sin, he chooses to buy this threshing floor to build an altar to the Lord to offer a sacrifice to the Lord in order for the plague to stop. There's a lot of typology in that, because Jesus Christ is the once and for all sacrifice for all mankind's sin that stopped the plague of sin, which is death. The wages of sin, which is death. But listen to this exchange between this Ornan, who owned this property, and oh by the way, you can go to where this real estate is today, some of you have. It's what we know today as the Temple Mount. This is the real estate record and transaction of the purchase of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem today. And it comes this way. Listen to this dialogue between Ornan and David. It says, verse 23, Ornan said to David, Take it to yourself. Very important. This is very important that it was not given to David and Israel, but that it was purchased. It had to be purchased. Take it to yourself and let my Lord the King do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. You don't have to pay me a cent. Listen to what David says to Ormanon. No, but I will surely 
buy it for the full price. Interesting detail. It had to be purchased and paid for in full. Do you see the typology here? I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which, listen, wait for it, here it comes, costs me nothing. Forgive me for this, but here's the problem. Many Christians are more like tippers than tithers. What do you mean? Well, we just give God the equivalent of a, I want to say 10% tip, but it's now like 20% in some places. Have you noticed this? Actually, tithe is tenth. That's what the word tithe means. In other words, it's actually less to tithe than it is to tip. But we just... We're like tippers. Just, ah, here, you know, I'll throw a few bucks in the agape box or the offering plate. Reminds me of a humorous story I heard many years ago when I was a young believer. And it's this fictitious conversation between a $1 bill and a $100 bill. And the $100 bill is just going on and on and on about all the places it gets to go. Man, I was just at the movies last night, going to dinner tonight. Oh my goodness, I have so much fun. And here's this $1 bill going, wow, you get to go to the movies? You get to go to dinner? The only place I ever go as a $1 bill is church. I'll just let that one kind of do what the Holy Spirit wants to do with it. Let me close this way and pose a twofold question that I think all of us would do well to consider, myself included. First, for those who don't give or those who don't give generously, consistently, maybe you would be seen as one who tips instead of tithes. Here's a question. What is your concern? What is your greatest fear? What are you afraid of? Maybe better asked, why? Why don't you give consistently, generously, cheerfully? Thanks for tuning in today to In Spirit and Truth. Join us next time to continue studying the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, along with Pastor J.D. You'll learn how modeling your life after Jesus will change how you interact with people around you and why it's important to show the world the love and grace of Christ. As His light shines through you, people will begin to wonder why, and it just might lead to conversations that can change a life forever. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so come be part of our social media community. 
follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. If you're in the area, you're invited to come join us in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe for our weekly worship services. We get together every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth time of Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church family is an incredible asset in your faith experience, as well as a place where you can be a blessing to others. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for joining us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true to you.